In today's show, we're recapping all of the action from Sunday. Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and at Yahoo Sports Australia. And you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore Beeble and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Today's episode brought to you by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit RockAuto.com and tell them that Locked On sent you. So much going on in the NBA on Sunday. Eight games. Let's talk about them right now. First game up. The Nets and the Bucks, the early game, absolute cracker this one. Uh, Milwaukee wins at 117-114. Kevin Durant, he's almost unstoppable, really. 40% usage, 42-10 and 10 with seven threes in 40 minutes. Say so the minutes restriction is over there. Big numbers from Durant. Irving was great as well, 20-7 and seven with six assists, two steals, and two threes. And I saw someone tweet something like this, but they said, look, that, that's great. Look at this. Milwaukee gets the win. And then you realize that James Harden's just over there, yeah, scratching his ball sack, waiting to come in, like waiting to be ready to go. And who knows when that's going to be, but that's how good this Nets team is, even though they did lose here. They moved DeAndre Jordan into the starting line. I don't think he's going to be a regular every night, but I guess it's just a Brook Lopez matchup. They do play each other the next game as well. 10-11 for Jordan with a steal and a block. That has use if he plays, but we just don't know that. Well, Jeff Green had seven and six, not the greatest night, and Joe Harris five points in thirty-five minutes. Now, I think Joe Harris, yeah, he look, he's been pretty strong this year, hundred and seventh ranked player. But we're talking fantasy playoffs here. We're talking fantasy finals, and if Joe Harris is inconsistency, which can be a problem, and the fact that he contributes really in hitting threes, and he does it at a good efficiency, which is fine. But if you don't need that then don't consider him must roster. Same with Landry Shamit, who was pretty good here, 28 minutes off the bench, 17 points and four threes. And it's interesting to see him play that much while Bruce Brown returned and played only five minutes. Also, Alizé Johnson, three minutes. So again, we cannot trust his playing time as we move forward. Shamit is just a streamer and a guy that you, if you're looking for threes and looking for some scoring, he can be an option, but he can also go out there and have six points with two triples. And that doesn't make him a must roster player. For the Bucks, 36 minutes for Yanni, who came in with that ankle problem. 49-8 and eight with four threes, four assists, one steal, and three blocks. Unfortunately, just 50 from the line, but unbelievable numbers all around. While Chrissy Middleton, 26-11-6 and six and two steals. Not a great night from Drew Holiday, especially going one of four from the line. That stinks. 18-5-4 on 44% shooting. It was fine, but it's not great. While Brooke Lopez's line looks mediocre until you look at the fact that he had five blocks, which is great. Not a points league 12-team must roster. Again, really more of a specialist blocks and three sort of player for category leagues. And don't be afraid to make moves to drop if you need to. Uh, Dante DiVincenzo, he gets the Jack Armstrong. Get that garbage out of here! I know Dante's better than this, right? But I'm not going to wait around to find out. 225th ranked player over the last two weeks. 0 5 from the field for zero points. He had a block. Realistically, he's an, a steals streamer. And if he doesn't get steals, then what the hell is he providing to? He is not a must-roster player, in my opinion. Um, what else are we looking at here? Um, yeah, not much else. Uh, Brittany Forbes, 12 points in 19 minutes, but he is like a Landry Shamit, just a guy that you can stream in for some threes and some scoring in those situations. Bob Portis was a, a late scratch in this game as well, so just uh, be aware of that. That's why he did not play. 
Next game we look at is the Blazers beating the Celtics. I think Dame Lillard might be back. 19th ranked player over the last two weeks, 26-6 and 13. Seven of seven from the line. So good to see him back in action while back playing at his or close to his best. 33 for McCullum in 38 minutes with four threes, five assists and a block. And while I'm happy for Yusuf Nurkic, I'm also annoyed. Like this is what what he can do. 14, 11, and four and two steals. Like these are really good numbers. He's the 50th ranked player over the last two weeks in just 26 minutes a night. You extrapolate that to 30 minutes a night, and he is a top 30 player. And that's what pisses me off, is that when I was looking at him as a top 30 guy at the start of the season, I just thought we'd see this all year. I didn't think he'd come in under-conditioned and lazy, and uh, well, not, lazy's not the right word. Um, just not having the conditioning to go and uh, suffering the after-effects of the way that COVID affected him, his family. I didn't expect that. I also didn't expect him to break his wrist and then to strain his calf. But the talent is there, and we're seeing that come to the fore now. So big minutes, 29 on the first game of a back-to-back for Nurkic. I wonder what his ADP is going to be next year. If it's anywhere outside the top 50, he is going to be, to me, an absolute must-draft player. But we will see where it ends up. Norm Powell, 23 points in 39 minutes. That's great. The steal in the block is really nice for Powell as well, while Covington had 10 points with three threes, a steal, and two blocks, which, again, is just really peak sort of Covington. The three threes, the two blocks, they're not much else. Is he a must-roster player? Probably. But there's going to be inconsistency concerns. And I do not, for the life of me, Understand why Ennis Cantor is rostered in 91% of advanced leagues. Now, I know that a lot of leagues are, a lot of teams are out, but that is still too many. Cantor should not be rostered in that many leagues. Five and five in 18 minutes. I know that he has his great value when Nurkic is out, but that's fine. Nurkic isn't out. So if you are still, for some reason, active and holding Ennis Cantor, please do me a favor and piss him right off. Now, for the Celtics, Kemba Walker's still out dealing with this oblique issue. And then right at the end of this game, Jalen Brown, who was nursing an ankle injury, and Jason Tatum collided and hurt their ankles. Tatum thinks he's fine. I'm a little bit more worried about Jalen Brown, who you know, screamed out a, uh, a kid's cover your ears. He uh, hurt his ankle, screamed fuck, and then he was uh, off, off the court in the last seconds of the game. Let's hope that it's nothing serious. 16 and 11 on some pretty... And we talked about... Brown is one of those guys who's had wild, wild shooting swings. At the beginning of the year, he was hit like 58 on his mid-range twos. And his numbers, his top 20 is like amazing. And I went, okay, that's going to fall off. And then it fell off in a huge way. Usage dropped, efficiency dropped. And then he came back over the last month and was shooting at unsustainable numbers. I went, it's going to drop off. And then when it drops off for him, it drops off hard. 27% shooting in this game. He is wild in terms of swings. And I talked about this on the What to Watch For show earlier today, talking about Brandon Ingram, who he's just been like boringly consistent, whereas Jalen has these big spikes, and then he has shitful nights like this where he just kills your percentages, and he's wildly up and down. And that does, yeah, these players might end up being ranked the same. You have Jalen Brown and, and Brandon Ingram in that 28 to 38 range in that area. But one guy's consistent, and one guy's you know top 20, top 80, top 20, top 80. And that does make a difference in fantasy leagues, for sure. Guys, are you the hiring person at your company? Because if you are, you really need something to help make your life easier. You need Indeed. Indeed is the job site that makes hiring as easy as one, two, three. Post, screen, and interview all in Indeed. Get the quality shortlist of candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job description faster. And only pay for the candidates that meet the must-have qualifications and schedule and complete your video interviews in the Indeed dashboard. Indeed makes connecting with and hiring the right talent fast and easy. And you can choose from more than 130 skills tests and then add your must-have requirements so that you only pay for the applications that meet them. According to Talent Nest, Indeed delivers four more hi- four times more hires than all other job sites combined. And if you're hiring, you need Indeed. Get started right now with a free $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your post at 
indeed.com slash locked. Get a $75 credit at indeed.com slash locked. Indeed.com slash locked. Offer valid through June 30th. Terms and conditions apply. Okay. Let's move on to the next game of the day. We're looking at the New York Knicks pounding the Rockets 122-97. Just a, a quick comment here. The Knicks, again, they're going to be in the playoffs. Amazing stuff. Fourth seed at the moment. That is great. A massive, massive upgrade Tom Thibodeau has been. He's coached this team excellently. Really stuff. Really good stuff. The problem I have with Thibodeau as a coach is the absolute stubbornness and reluctance to see anything past the, the one game that's happening. The reluctance to... You know, to, well, to keep, not reluctance, the absolute adherence to Alfred Payton in the starting lineup. And the fact that RJ Barrett played 40 of the first 43 minutes of this game, despite the Knicks being up 30 at the start of the fourth quarter. It is actually insane. And I do not give a shit about, oh, they're young, they can handle it. So do young, young players never get injured then? But they, they never get hurt, young players. Absolutely not. Never. It's, it's actually ridiculous because the thing that frustrates me with this, right, and I know I'm going on an anti-tips rant, but I need to, look, his coaching here, unbelievable. The Knicks, fantastic. I love that they're back in the playoffs. It's great. But the, I just worry for the future of some of these guys. Like, why is he playing 40 minutes? Because it can't be that every team he goes to, it's amazing that the medical staff has the same cavalier attitude. It's just that he ignores them. And he fights with front officers. He fights with medical staffs. And that's why he's frustrating as a coach. Is There is no way that every medical staff goes, Tom, mate, just do whatever you need to. Can you please grind their joints into dust? We'd really appreciate if you do that. And that happens multiple times in multiple stops. It's actually insane bullshit. And that's my frustration. But for fantasy, hey, Rowan Barrett, 21, 7, and 5, two steals and three threes. That's a great, great game from him. To double Royal, Julius Randle had 31, 7, and 6. Awesome. And Derek Rose played 31 minutes, 24 and 6 with four triples. Four threes from Derek Rose, 73% shooting from Derek Rose. Amazing stuff. Great, great performances. Um, why we're persisting with Alfred Payton makes no sense. 14 minutes for seven points for him. And then when Tom Thibodeau's asked, yeah, our bench players are actually our starters. Well, that's, that's actually a lie, Tom, because Obi Toppin's not a starter for you. Um, but yeah, there's, there's the frustrations I have again. Now, as for quickly, 13 points in 23 minutes with three threes. That's really good from Emmanuel. Um, he's more just a streamer, though. Points, threes, and free throws. And that has value, for sure. Especially with the Lakers, not the Lakers, with the Knicks playing on Monday. There is can be some value there in quickly. But it is hard to trust those minutes. But let's talk about the other thing here. Nolan's well played 11 minutes. X-rays were negative on his ankle. He's having a uh, further evaluation on Monday. They play Monday. You would have to assume that Noel will not play on Monday. That is my assumption. So that means that adding Taj Gibson looks great. Now, Gibson played 32 minutes and had an underwhelming 6-5 and five line. Like, that is actually piss poor. Like, there is no numbers right across the board there. Um, no blocks, no assists, no steals, no threes, no free throw attempts. 75 from the line is good. But he can go out there and have 8 points, 12 boards, 2 blocks on, you know, really high field goal percentage. He, he can do that. And there's a chance that he does that on Monday. Right, So I think you've got to look at him as an ad and have the assumption that Noel might miss some more time this week, making Gibson a really strong pickup. We don't know when Alec Burks is back, but he was close in this one, so he could be returning soon. Bullock had three threes in 11, minutes in tw 11 points in 26 minutes, and that does give Bullock... Bullock does have value, for sure, but Burks returning will hurt that. I don't have too much doubt uh, about how that's going to play out. Um, could be some more minutes for Obi Toppin, who played 17 minutes in this one, and it gives me a chance to at least do this. I don't want to hear any more about Obi-Wan. But, of course, he's not going to be any sort of fantasy uh, fantasy option, really, uh, in any sort of situation. Now, on to the Houston Rockets. Only 97 points for them. Let's look at Cousin Kev Porter. 
37 minutes, 14, 6, and 6, didn't hit a 3, 46% from the field, and was 33% from the line. Now, I love people, you know, people love pissing me off and trying to get me started. And, you know, after that 50-point game, man, he's a league winner. You suck, Josh. You don't know what you're talking about. Cousin Kev, he's so great. And he's followed up with two average to not good performances. I wonder how many leagues he won by going 33% from the line on six attempts tonight. And this is not me shitting on Kevin Porter. To have a 50-point game is great. Like, only, only really good players do that, like Mo Williams and Corey Brewer. He's shown big flashes. <laughs> of course, I'm taking the piss there. He's shown some really good flashes, but he's going to be wildly inconsistent. He's not as good as so many of his relatives who are on these interwebs seem to think that he is. He's absolutely solid. You must hold him, and he's going to have big games, and he's going to have mediocre games. That's just the way he is. He's now the 118th ranked player over the, over the season and 87th over the last two weeks, which is still really good. But the best player on this team is Kelly Olynyk. Amazingly. He's the 17th ranked player of the last two weeks, Kelly. He had 17 points, 10 boards, 7 assists, 3 steals, a block, and hit a 3 in 36 minutes. He's been unbelievable. Look, there was, remember that talk? Oh, he's going to get bought out. He went, nah, no, I'm not getting bought out. Just pull me in and let me just tear shit up. Because he has t- torn shit up, really. He's been amazingly good. That is another great line from Olynyk. There's no way he's available in any league. But if he is, he's a guaranteed must-roster player. It has to be. With everyone out, and Eric Gordon, Daniel House, DJ Wilson didn't play, um, DJ Augustine, Sterling Brown, all these guys out. Kenyon Martin played 32 minutes, had 13 and 6 and a block, and he has, you know, basically every game he's had an opportunity, he's put up okay numbers. Now, there is a report that House and Augustine could return next game, as well as Sterling Brown. Eric Gordon looks a little bit further away, and that's going to have somewhat of an impact on Martin, but he's at least like a 14-team league guy. Avery Bradley started and did absolutely nothing, while the wild thing, Jay Sean Tate, Eight points in 29 minutes. A rough night for him. He did have a trip to the locker room, but he was just way off in this one. He's still a guy that we hold, but that's not a good performance. But let's talk about the crucifix Christian Wood because it's not looking good for him. 35 minutes, 19 and 8. That's nothing wrong with that. That's pretty good. A block. That's all right. 43 from the line is bad. So 43 from the field is bad. 64 from the line is horrendous. And he has been an under underappreciated or underreported free throw tank guy. He's killed you in that category all year. And now he's like, I'm not sure if I'm going to play the next two games. They don't play again until Wednesday. They've got two games off. They've got a three-game week. If he plays one game this week, you've got to drop him. I think it's highly unlikely that he plays three games this week. And are two games of Christian Wood worth holding? Almost definitely not, when the vast majority of the league plays at least four games. And that might seem wild to you to drop the 59th-ranked player who's playing in a situation where he gets 35 minutes and without John Wall around, so he gets lots of usage. But with the way that he's talking, the fact that there's... And you might have to wait two days to actually hear whether he's going to play on Wednesday, missing out on streaming on Monday, Tuesday. If you're in the finals, you've got to be ruthless. And it might end up being the wrong decision. It might completely bite you on the balls, both sides. Like, that's how bad it might be. But you might have to make that move so you can use his spot for Monday and for Tuesday and for Wednesday when he doesn't play. Then when he doesn't play again later in the week, and he might not play at all this week. I'd say it's... you know. 40% chance that he plays three games, probably less. Probably an 80% chance he plays one game. And those percentages are just completely made up, you know, as 85% of all statistics are. So I think you've got to really evaluate how your roster looks before you decide, well, Christian Wood's good, I've just got to hold him. Because it's not. I don't think it's quite just as simple as that, unfortunately for him. All right, that was uh, it's a lot of chat on that game. Let's move on to the next game. We've got the Phoenix Suns. They beat the Thunder. 
barely. 123-120. They'll be pretty disappointed, and I know they are pretty disappointed with that result. Devin Booker had 32-3-6, which is fine. The 9 of 10 from the line is awesome. And Tory Craig was really good in the start for Jay Crowder. 18-10, and 10, two blocks and a three. Now he shot 80% from the field, and we just don't, don't expect that. And he's had two good starts and two really shit ones. So he's just a deeper league streamer, but good to see a good performance nonetheless. Chrissy Paul, 18 points, 11 assists. Not his great greatest performance. While with Cameron Payne out, I guess that's why they struggled. Uh, six points in 27 minutes for Javon Carter, Carter. Javon Carter with four steals there. He can be a nice steal streamer if Payne misses more time. But let's have a quick chat about DeAndre Aiden. Because to say that he was bad is an understatement. 7% usage, horrendous. Five points in 31 minutes, shitful. The three blocks are good. 33%. He took three shots, and he made one of them. What are you doing? His inconsistency has been one of the most inexplicable things this season. And it's I think it's a great reminder for us when looking at fantasy and heading into the drafts next year. Oh, he's going to have Chris Paul. He's never had a player like Chris Paul to play with. That's going to unlock him. And you'll hear that narrative, and it gets thrown around a lot. It got thrown around. Similar narratives get thrown around. It happened when Kemba Walker went from Charlotte to Boston. Oh, well, now he's got better players around him. Watch his field goal percentage. It's going to go through the roof. And it didn't. All right, now he's got Chris Paul. He's going to get unlocked. And he made him worse, significantly worse. So there's all these prevailing narratives that that get thrown around. Now, I don't think we should look at someone and go, well, you're playing with a better player now. Playing with a better point guard, you're going to get much worse. I don't think we need to put that as a narrative that goes on players, but we also need to be aware that these things that get thrown around, and I'm guilty of it too, that they don't always result in those things that seem like a fait accompli. Because Aiden, look, let's be honest, he's the 58th ranked player. That's the worst season he's had in fantasy. And he's playing in a better team. It's troubling stuff, to be honest. McCall Bridges was all right, but not great. 17-1-2 with three threes. The 17 points are nice, but nothing else is great. A guy, again, a guy that gets mentioned to me all the time, man, should I drop him? No, no. He's the 48th ranked player over the last two weeks. No, like absolutely not do you drop him. Wouldn't make a ton of sense to do it. For the Thunder, figure this shit out on your own. Like, <laughs> I know that's, that, that's I'm taking the piss, but I don't, know, I don't know how to make of this team. The Salt Flake, Theo Maladon, had 18 points, 4-4 four and four, with three threes. Shot well, which is the you know, first time for everything. He can be rostered, but there'll be in the games where he plays 22 minutes and shoots 20% while Ty Jerome plays 30 minutes. Look at him as like a 14-16 to 16 team league guy. And Jerome, who was out of the rotation last game, came back, had 15-2-5. I think there'll be other games that he sits as we move forward, but I've got no idea how to predict who's in or who's out of this rotation on a nightly basis. Charlie Brown started last game and then didn't play at all. Josh Hall played 20 minutes last game, then didn't play at all. Gabriel Deck did. He played 19 minutes, 11 and 6. And I've got a sound drop in mind that just came to my head there for Gabriel Deck. So I've got to write it down somewhere because um, it's funny. And I'm not going to spoil it right now. I've just got to write it down. We'll, we'll get back to that. You know what? I'm so dumb. I'm recording a podcast. I can just go and pause it and go bring it back. Let's do that. All right, so thanks to the wonders of technology, I was able to go and get that sound. And it's probably going to be way less funny than what I've built it up to be. But, Gabrielle Deck. I could barely recognize my own dick. Ah, yes. <laughs> the old Deck Hardener ads. Go and uh, just Google Deck Hardener or New Zealand Deck ads on YouTube. And uh, you'll see you'll see the videos I'm talking about. Have a bit of a laugh about those. Anyway, Gabrielle Deck uh, played 19 minutes, had 11 and 6. That's pretty good. He's been rebounding at a pretty high level. I just don't know if he's going to have much value outside of deeper leagues. But an interesting performance. The Oklahoma City mudflap, Kenrich Williams had 15 in 30 minutes, while Darius Baisley, for all of the you know 
oh, look, he's playing better type of noise about Baisley. He's the 224th ranked player over the last two weeks. He had 19 and 9 with two threes. He shot horribly from the line, one of one of five. He was 62 from the line. He's fine to hold, but I wouldn't say he's a must roster. Well, Lou Dort, 10 points on 21% shooting, four assists, no steals. Now, again, Dort had that, came back from that concussion and then went absolutely bananas. And I was pretty reticent to say that he's going to be great all season because what he was doing shooting-wise was unsustainable. He's now the 172nd ranked player over his last five games because that was unsustainable. And that extraordinarily high usage, he's still highest usage on the team, didn't didn't keep. And those big steal numbers dropped off. Now, do you want to hold on to Dort? Possibly. But does he play all four games next week? I would say probably not, given how you know, cavalier they've been in resting him. So I think we have to be a little bit worried about him as a must-hold. The C parter played 14 minutes, Moses Brown, while Pokashevsky four points in 10 minutes with his knee flaring up. I think he's a pretty safe drop. It's just going to be a complete mess on this team for big chunks of this season, or remaining the remaining big chunks of this season. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season's in full swing, and you can track all of the action at BetOnline. Get all of the latest news, odds, and info for all of your sporting needs, including Major League Baseball, the NBA, the NHL, and all of your UFC and MMA action. Before the next pitch, head over to BetOnline on your laptop or mobile device and check out all of the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit by using our promo code LOCKEDON. BetOnline are your online sportsbook experts. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. These bars, they taste just like candy bars covered in 100% chocolate. They are soft and easy to chew. I'm waiting for my next batch to get to me. I can't wait to get those Built Bars in because they are great if you're looking to lose weight or maintain your current weight and indulge in a healthy treat at the same time. The Cookies and Cream Bars have 17 grams of protein, 130 calories only, and just 4 grams of sugar. So go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your next order. The promo code is LOCKED15, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5 to get 15% off at BuiltBar.com. Okay, next game. The Sacramento Kings, they complete the season sweep of the Dallas Mavericks. Amazingly enough, 111.99. But the bad news here is Tyrese Halliburton suffered a knee injury. 11-2-5 for Halliburton is 23 minutes, but that doesn't really matter. He's having a, an MRI tomorrow. The Kings, according to Woj, are optimistic that he's avoided uh, a serious knee injury. But I would have to assume that his regular season is over. There's two weeks left in the NBA regular season, a hyperextension, you think, at, at very absolute minimum one week. And if they are out of the play-in discussion by then, I don't think they're rushing him back to play the last four or five games. As bad as it might seem, I think you have to consider him a drop option. Now, I'd want to wait until we hear on Monday, but I would be pretty surprised if he plays again this season. That's just my immediate take on that. Mo Harkless was, had a stinker, just 17 minutes due to five fouls, but he had two steals, and that's what you have him for. While Bud Heald, again, continued to play well, 27 points, six triples, and six rebounds. But let's just give a quick mention to Buddy Heald. Now, after Luke Walton lied to us and said that he was on a minutes restriction, Bagley played 34 minutes, had 23 and nine. That's great. Now, the, the issues still with Bagley's game remain in terms of a fantasy perspective. No blocks, one steal, only one three, poor from the line, but 63 from the field, really high usage. He was a plus 20, which is excellent. And with Harrison Barnes and um, Chemezi Metu still, you know, we don't know if they're going to be back. Bagley has some value, especially in points leagues. I wouldn't say he's a must-roster category league guy, 
but there is some value for him in a, in a points league. You can do it in a category league for sure. But you know, the worry you then have is what happens when Barnes returns? How do they run that rotation? Do they just move Harkless to the bench? Because there are still some concerns about him. And he's had these flashes before, for sure. And it's turned into nothing long-term. So I wouldn't be you know, mortgaging my future on it. But yeah, it was solid enough. It was good, actually. Let's be fair. It was good. Dylan Wright had 14-2-5 with two steals. I think he's an ad with Halliburton and Fox both out. While Holmesy got into some foul trouble, 17-7 and in 25 minutes there. For the Mavericks, Doncic got ejected. He got two techs, which were pretty soft, let's be fair. 36-6 and with two steals. Good percentages. Great night for him. While Dwight Powell's the one that stepped up without Porzingis. 13-7, two steals, and three blocks. Of course, we can't rely on Dwight Powell to do that. We can't expect him to be a 7-9 of nine free throw shooter or get to the line nine times. Last game, it was Willie Cauley-Stein, who did nothing. This game, it was Powell. Brunson had 17 points. Richardson had 11 in 26 minutes. And Joshie Richardson... Get that garbage out of here! Five-game week is over. Feel free to move on from him. Well, Dorian Finney-Smith's been awesome and then was shithouse. Just the three points in 35 minutes, but he did have two steals. And it is hard to complain about getting a top 52-week stretch from uh, Dorian Finney-Smith. And that's top 50, not based on totals, based on per-game numbers. So really good stuff. Could be a hold. But yeah, he was obviously rough here. I still probably would hold him in a lot of cases. Um, JJ Redick offered nothing. Naxi Kleber offered nothing either. Bronson had the, the 17 points, but there was no Tim Hardaway in this game. Remember that. On to the next one. We're looking at the San Antonio Spurs just narrowly going down to the Sixers, 113-111. What a game from San Antonio to be resting DeRozan, Murray, and Pirtle and be without Derek White and still, yeah, given the, the toughness of their schedule, be able to push the Sixers to overtime and lose on a tip into Simmons at the end. Really impressive. It doesn't change the fact that they lost and it's still going to push them into that, you know, 10th spot most likely and maybe a dang- in danger of falling out. Um, but you're yeah, really gutsy performance. They are, what, two and a half games ahead of the Pelicans who are currently 11th in, I think that's right, Let's, yeah. Two and a half games behind the Pelicans, who are currently 11th there. So they should be getting that spot, but it is a really tough schedule that they've got. For the Sixers, pretty disappointing to get to this spot, but Embiid had 34 and 12 in 35 minutes. You have to wonder if he plays against the Bulls. Seth Curry turned it up 22 in 35 minutes. I wouldn't really trust that. He's more of a streamer to me. Well, Dan Green, who'd been really you know lacking of late, had 11 points, three threes, a steal, a block in 34 minutes, and that's good, good to see those numbers jump up. The Thick Hogsman. Um... Um, I think I am a TH. T to the H. Yeah, TH for life. I think he was more like the moderately girthy Hogsman in this game. Six points, 30% shooting, two blocks, five assists. Like the peripherals are all right. But he just hasn't been the same after having that knee problem. While the painter Matisse Thibel brought in a steal and two blocks and Ben Simmons, outside of winning the game with the tip-in, let's be honest, he was shithouse. Five, six, and five with two steals, 33 from the field, one of five from the line. Like they are disastrous numbers. Simmons has been, much like DeAndre Aiden, a massive disappointment this season for guys that you could have gotten that second, third round. The really, really big letdowns they've been. For the Spurs, Gorgie Jeng was excellent. Coming off the bench behind Drew Eubanks, 17 points, three threes, and two steals. I wonder if on the back of this performance, he can take that backup role away from Eubanks, but he was excellent here. Rudy Gay had 18 and 10 in a spot start, and Keldon Johnson, 19, 6, and 5 with three steals. That's early season Keldon. And with the injury to Derek White, I do think Keldon can be a 12-team league player. Lonnie Walker did what he does, 23 points. It's very sharp Dwayne Bacon-esque here. 23 points, zero rebounds, two assists, and one block. He had 31 usage. Now, he's not going to have that when DeRozan and Murray play, obviously. Look, you can stream him in. There's no doubt about that. But the, the, the evidence is there that he is a terrible fantasy player, even when given minutes. Because of his inability to do anything outside of score, 
And if the usage isn't there and the shots don't fall, he offers nothing. Stream him by all means, but I wouldn't be hitching my wagon to Lonnie Walker. Uh, Devin Vassell struggled four points in uh, 23 minutes on 17% shooting. And Trey Jones started in place of Murray. He didn't do a huge amount either. Four points in his 22 minutes. Paddy Mills played 31, so that's great. Just didn't really produce. Six points, two threes, two steals. And Drew Eubanks, 10 and six. Would have hoped for a little bit more out of Drewy, but he was comfortably outplayed by Gorgie Jeng. And that's why his minutes were lower than Gorgie Jeng's. The next game is the Miami Heat comfortably handling the Charlotte Hornets, 121-111. Jim Butler was great, 18-8-8. Bam was great, 27-10, big numbers there. Well, Trevor Ariza, now he just pops up with these occasional big games. And this was a, a pretty big one from Trev. 9.7 boards, but three steals and two blocks. He's an elite threes and steals streamer, but absolutely is a must-roster 14-team league guy. Kendrick Nunn, must-roster 19 and 37 minutes, while Goran Dragic played on the back-to-back, which was surprising. I guess that's to do with Hero being out. 18 points in 30 minutes on some pretty rough shooting and not much else. I do not believe that Dragic is must-roster. Well, Dunk Robinson also is not a must-roster player. 10 points in 27 minutes. He is a three-point streamer, and that is it in my mind. Good to see Max Struess get some run with Hero out as well. And I wonder, are we going to see Victor Oladipo at all in the regular season? I don't think so. For the Hornets, LaMelo Ball obviously back. Back-to-back game in his uh, return. 14-6-5, four steals and a block. Yeah, that's awesome. And uh, unfortunately, Devontae Graham gets the Armstrong treatment. Get that garbage out of here! 24 minutes, nine points with five assists for Devontae. Yeah, I think we can uh, drop him. Miles Bridges, not too good. 15, 4, and 5. But it doesn't look like Haywood's returning anytime soon. So some good opportunities for Bridges con- to continue to play well, even though he struggled here. And PJ Washington Jr. had 21 and 6 with three steals and three threes on some great shooting. We also had a resurgence from Jalen McDaniels. 12 and 9 with three threes. I'm not going to buy into that. But it was just good to see. Well, interestingly, Terry Rogier played only 27 minutes in this game. 14, 3, and 3. He's not quite there, is he? Minus 18 in this one. Um... To be fair, Lamella was a minus 17 as well. And he has fallen way off from when he was you know, flirting with top 20 numbers at, at, at one point. He's a 72nd ranked player over the last two weeks, and we've really seen a, a big dip in his current level of production. Uh, probably not too much else to talk about in that game. All right, let's move on to the last game of the night. The Raptors beat the Lakers on the road, 121-114. Siakam has been poor this week, but he was amazing here. 39 and 13, four triples, two steals, two blocks, four assists. Great stuff, um, which could literally have been something that turned your matchup around. While Kyle Lowry was also unbelievable. 41 minutes for Lowry. 31 points, eight triples, 11 assists, 60% shooting. Remember that time when he was resting all those games and he fired up and put some uh, big performances in? Ken Birch, the magic wore off a little bit. 30 minutes, four points, nine rebounds. He wasn't as good as what those games earlier this week would indicate. And there is only three of them next week for Toronto. So I wouldn't say that he is a must-roster guy across that period. Stan Johnson started for OG Ananobi, who was a late scratch. The Jedi, unfortunately, out. But what about Scarfs? OG. Stop OG. Uh, You better stop OG. And Johnson did absolutely nothing. While Malachi Flynn started for Van Vliet, and he went scoreless in 20 minutes again. uh, Three games next week, Flynn is a drop. 0 of 7 from the field here, which is shitful. DeAndre Bembry, 14 and 7 with three steals. But this is a guy who's not even necessarily a regular rotation player when Ananobi and Van Vliet play. But a really nice cameo performance there. Hard to see too much there from fantasy. While Fred Gillespie, Dizzy had 11 and 7 in 20 minutes there. Not much more. For the Lakers, uh, LeBron, 28 minutes, 19, 7 and 6. But had to go back to the end of the game, at the end of the game to the locker room and never returned. Left with six minutes to go in the game. And then they said his ankle sore and he, he won't return. So I would suggest that his appearance in Monday's game might be a little doubtful. The Lakers' struggles continue. Anthony Davis, 
yeah, 12 and 9 is pretty bad. Seven assists, three steals, and a block is good. But a true shooting of 35% is horrendous. He was a minus 11. That's piss poor. And if it wasn't for Kyle Kuzma, are they even in this game? 24 points in 36 minutes for Kuz. Six triples, two blocks. Really good stuff. Top 100 over the last two weeks. I don't believe he's a must-roster player, but those numbers would say otherwise. I just don't quite believe that. 26 minutes for Andre Drummond. 9, 10, and 11. Yeah, not bad, but yeah, far from great. Well, Montrez Harrell had 9 and 3 in 17 minutes. Very, very hard to have Montrez as a must-roster guy, but they do play the back-to-back, so if you do have him, you're holding for Monday, and then let's see what happens. Horton Tucker played 22 minutes, had 14, 3, and 7 without Schroeder, while it was Alex Caruso who started and had 7, 4, and 5. I think Horton Tucker is probably a better streamer than Caruso for as long as Schroeder is out, but it's not a 12-team must roster or even maybe roster type scenario. It's more of a, hey, I just need some assists. Who can I take a flyer on? And it is remains wild that Wes Matthews is out of the rotation entirely, not to say that he's good, but uh, Ben McLemore had a 9 trillion in this game. So some curious rotational decisions. I think KCP had 10 points in the first quarter and then didn't score again. Ended with two steals, two threes, and 10 points in 34 minutes. He is a stream option for his threes um, and sometimes for his steals. But some troubling stuff there, I think, for the Lakers. I know they're just trying to get through the, the playoffs, but it hasn't really clicked at all over the last month, maybe. And then most of that without LeBron and Anthony Davis, for sure. Let's look at the top ads over the last 24 hours. Lonnie Walker up 14%. You'd be pretty happy with what happened today. And they do have a back-to-back. Again, I'm not convinced he's a must-roster long-term, but good numbers today. Thibault's up 10%. He had the back-to-back too. And we know that if you want defensive stats, he brings it. Reggie Bullock on the back-to-back. Nice threes and point streamer. Flynn up 6%. I think he's a drop. And Ken Kent Bazemore up 6%. Love Bazemore's schedule for this week coming up. In terms of drops, Dozier down 9%. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, Ubre down 8 Yeah, he's a drop. Allen down eight. He's a drop. A lot of people super confident in dropping Darius Garland. Find it really tough to drop a top 30 player after he's missed one game. And we don't have any further information to say whether he's going to miss any more time. I would not be so cavalier, pun intended, to drop Garland in that scenario. And DiVincenzo down seven and a half. Yeah, that's a fair enough drop. Top 10 players under 50% rostered. Gorgie Jeng had an absolute monster without Yucca Pertle. Torrey Craig played well, but there's no long-term value in either of those guys. Dwight Powell played well again, but that's hard to trust. Dwight Howard, just watch for those games if Embiid happens to sit while Teo Maladon played well for the Thunder, but that is a very up-and-down proposition. Trevor Ariza, good game from him, especially defensively. Nice 14-team league guy. Rudy Gay played well in his minutes as in a spot start, but again, hard to trust. Same with Ty Jerome. And then Jalen McDaniels had those extra minutes with Cody Martin going down. I wouldn't suggest that McDaniels is going to be an ad with Martin out, because Martin not, might not miss time, but it's just one to watch there. Well, Landry Shamit played pretty well for Brooklyn, but again, he's just a deeper league type stream option. Let's move across now and have a look at Monday's action for DFS. All right, so let's look at these games on Monday. The Pacers and the Wizards first game up. We don't know the status of Malcolm Brogdon, Goga Badadze, Jeremy Lamb. They're all questionable. Edmund Sumner's probable. Um, Sabonis looks like he's going to be ready to play well. For the um, for the Wizards, no injury news to report. The only concern we have is what's going to happen at center with Dan Gafford and Alex Lennon. We know that's uh, hard to predict. Um, the Magic and the Pistons. The next game, the Magic um, are still without Terrence Ross, Otto Porter, Michael Carter-Williams, so, and Shimmer Rikiki. So you're going to get uh, Mo Wagner starting. You're going to get Carter and uh, Bumba splitting those center minutes. You're going to get opportunities for the Shart, Dwayne Bacon, and Cole Anthony. While the Pistons are resting, you're going to be shocked at this. Corey Joseph, Mason Plumley, Wayne Allington, and Jeremy Grant. They're resting again. Killian Hayes is playing. Now, I don't think Killian will play tomorrow. Well, it's not tomorrow, on Tuesday, but they're all playing. Uh, all those guys are, all the young guys are playing on Monday where all the old blokes are sitting out. 
The Warriors and the Pelicans. Kent Bazemore, big opportunity again here for the Warriors while Andy Wiggins is questionable. The Pelicans, um, Stephen Adams remains questionable. Not sure if he'll play. They're two and a half point favorites. The Pels, the total 236 and a half there. The Blazers and the Hawks, this is a back-to-back for Portland. We don't expect Yusuf Nurkic to sit, though. While for Atlanta, we still don't have DeAndre Hunter, of course. We know Cam Reddish is out. And uh, it's the Hawks, one-and-a-half-point favorites, the total 236-and-a-half. Philadelphia and Chicago, back-to-back for Philadelphia. Hopefully, we get all the Sixers guys playing, but there's a potential that they don't. While the Bulls have Zach Levine doubtful and Nikola Vucevic is questionable. The Knicks and the Grizzlies, watch for Taj Gibson here because Nerlens Noel had to leave Sunday's game with an ankle injury, so it could be big Taj minutes there. And then their backup center situation will be guys like Norvell Pal, but yeah, Thibodeau will just play 35 minutes of Taj Gibson. Probably there. While for Memphis, Grayson Allen is questionable. We don't know whether Brandon Clark will be in the rotation or not. If Allen is out, Bain gets that boost. The Grizzlies are three and a half point favorites against the Knicks, which seems like a, an odd total, uh, an odd spread, to be honest. The Spurs and the Jazz. Conley and Mitchell are out for the Jazz. DeJounte, Jakob Pertle, DeMar DeRozan, all of those guys rested for the Spurs on Sunday. They should be back, but we don't have confirmation on that. And then the Nuggets take on the Lakers. It is a back-to-back for the Lakers, so Anthony Davis, LeBron, let's watch what they do. Dennis Schroeder, you'd have to assume, doesn't play after being out with the health and safety protocols on Sunday. We have no idea how long he'll be out, but I just don't expect him to play on Monday. Alex Caruso is the guy that started that one on Sunday. In terms of value here for Fangio, I like uh, Josh Jackson, RJ Hampton, Rudy Gobert, Clarkson, uh, Alf Stewart. Is that you, Mr. Stewart? Well, who the hell else do you think it'd be? Get in here, you pair of flaming glass. Yes, flaming glass indeed. Alex Caruso, Rui Hachimura, um, Killian Hayes, Joel Embiid, perhaps if he plays, J- Jordan Poole, Mo Bamba, Capella, Kyle Anderson, Cole Anthony, Ben Simmons, um, Steph Curry, and Tobias Harris, and Mo Wagner. Guys, that'll do it for me today. Don't forget. Follow along, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on Odyssey. And then on YouTube, subscribe, hit the notification bell, hit the uh, hit the thumbs up, and leave your comments down below. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.